Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, everyone. This is a very important announcement regarding your overall dominance of your fantasy football leagues. It is imminent that you follow IDP Army on every platform that you can imagine and support you boys. We do the hard work so you can get the taste of sweet, sweet nectar of victory. I also want to take this time to tell you guys to get involved with IDP leagues. Get your home leagues some defensive players. I am not over-exaggerating here, and the guys can back me up. It literally doubles your fun of playing fantasy football and watching the games. Here at the IDP Army, we have the brainchild of Jordan Reigns, IDP 1-2-3. is the premier IDP scoring format in the history of fantasy football. If you guys want the layout of how to use the scoring system, give us a holler. We'll be posting an article on our website soon with the details. As always, I'm here with my compadres, Josh and Billy. Follow them at Ombre Vendor and Josh LSTL, follow me at OP Joe with two E's and follow us at Offensive Points and at IDP Army. Today we have the NFC West for you guys, so buckle up. What's up, guys? I was so like professional. That's like almost like we're doing things here. Way too professional. Yeah, I, I'm I a scream possum at the top of my lungs. So that'd be a great starting. And don't worry, that <laughs> will happen if you keep listening in the podcast. So, um, no, man, it's great to be here. Good to talk about one of the uh, hottest divisions in the NFC, if not the hottest division in the NFC. So, I think we're going to have some good content here. I think we're going to probably disagree a little bit. So, let's keep it cordial for now. It's nice. Yeah, Cheers. let's keep it, keep it cordial for now. Well, first, I think we should all start out with the biggest fantasy football news of the past week, and that is Matthew Barry's leaving ESPN, guys. The the Barry bump 
has retired from ESPN. What what will our players that we think are sleepers and then they get the berry bump on ESPN? What what will happen now? Well, I have to imagine that somebody somewhere is going to do the same thing, whether it's Kyle Yates or someone else from ESPN. Field so Yates, Field Yates, Kyle Yates, whatever, man. Pick a Yates. Yates guys. Pick a Yates, man. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I mean, and then you know, Barry's not done doing fantasy football. Whether he's, he's whether he goes somewhere or not, he could start his own company. I mean, he literally. He did. I, I will say one thing: I, Matthew Barry annoyed me a little bit on several occasions. But you know what? You got to give it to him. The man literally made fantasy football relevant for at least news relevant. And we were all playing fantasy football before Matthew Berry was huge. Well, some of us were before Matthew Berry was huge and had his own segment and had his own TV shows and everything. But man, good good for the guy. He, he literally put fantasy football on the spot. There's several TV shows now that are just dedicated to fantasy football. So pretty exciting career out of absolute nothing. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. So that's that's uh, pretty awesome when you can do that. Someone will fit. fill that void though and pump up those uh, sleepers for everyone. There will still be some sort of bump. We're just gonna have so to call all the guys in, in your home league. That probably Mike Clay. We, let's be honest with you, Mike, yeah. Mike Clay. He's a very uh, analytic bound, so I don't know if he's got the hot takes spilling out. But uh, nobody's gonna get quite the bump like the Barry bump. But there will be. We got some another. hot takes. Oh yeah, yeah. We we could call. We can this fill the, that void. The OP bump. That's that's what it should be from now on. We should we need the to get OP our OP pump. We need, exactly the OP pump. That's what we need to start <laughs> pushing out there. Put that on a shirt. OP pump. Um, shirtless is getting wild here. I gotta. I yeah, gotta the shirtless <laughs> is getting a little wild. I guess we should probably back. You know, we're gonna have to open up like a clothing bit. storefront. To sell exactly. We'll have a little pop up shop. OP pop up. Guys, but, go buy a shirt. Yeah, go to the Etsy store. Uh, Unless you're driving right now, don't buy a yeah, shirt right now. But don't so look at it afterwards. The link's it. everywhere. You'll find it. Uh, also, uh, one thing, I will actually be releasing some new shirts. We will be, be releasing some new shirts because I finally am going to do it. So uh, there's going to be some good ones in there. Uh, keep an eye out in the next couple weeks or days or tomorrow. It's not tomorrow. If, if you don't have a camp new shirt by the time the season starts, what are you even doing? I know, I know. I've literally been to the top of my list, and Camp News is so easy. I to want make. a Camp News. I just shirt. need to do it, and it'll be it'll be live soon. And I got another one up our sleeve as well. So go check out the shop. See what see what we got out there. If so, you roll up to a home draft wearing a Camp News shirt, you're automatically the OG. I mean, exactly. That's, that's everybody awesome. in there needs to it needs to bow to you. Even if you don't like us, if you walk around with a possum shirt, you are going to get questions. You're going to get you're going to get talked about every single time I wear it. People are like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, that's my podcast." Like you you don't have to listen to it or anything. Like I love the shirt though, and I'm like, and then I have to explain it. It's a whole thing, but like you don't have to say shit. You just be like, "It's my possum shirt." What up? Mm-hmm. If you want to pick up some people at the bar, wear a possum shirt. That's all I'm saying. Wow. And he, Joe's, okay, you're, Joe's you're thinking like it's not just it. a picture it's of a, a sex possum. symbol is what it is. It is a sex symbol. It's like sex, sex panther, symbol. but sex possum instead. <laughs> a sex possum. Well, that is not where I thought this would be headed when we started this podcast. But Trying to stay cordial here. That's got the beauty of it. Hostility coming but soon. Here we, here we are. Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about the NFC West, as Josh alluded to. So... This division as a whole, it holds the Super Bowl champion. And honestly, Joe, I think we should start out with them. So, Joe, get us to L.A. You're right. They are the Super Bowl champs. And fuck their record last year. They were the champs. So, this offseason, they brought Troy Hill back. Um, They added Kyron Williams, some big uglies, and the king, Bobby Wagner, to this defense. 
Um, starting off on offense here, we have Matt Stafford. He is currently going at QB 12. Matt Stafford is always overlooked, yet always a value. He almost threw 5K in yards last year and 41 freaking touchdowns. Good for third and second, respectively, in the league. Always a threat for a monster game with the best wide receiver room in the game. I will say that again. The best wide receiver room in the game. Who can stop Matt Stafford? People are drafting Burrow six spots ahead of my dude. No, thank you. That's that's ridiculous. It's not six spots, six quarterbacks above. Six quarterbacks, yes. It's ridiculous. The value you're getting on Stafford at QB 12, take him and run. Just just wait on quarterback this year. Not to Next steal up, your not no, no not to steal your thunder, but I want to get this out now. The last like 10 years with Stafford, he's he's always like the QB 10, QB 12, QB 14. Uh, disregarding the last few years in Detroit, starting at 2017 and going backwards, he was seventh, sixth, eighth, fifteenth, seventh, ninth, fifth, and then of course last year he was a uh, fifth. So this man is not the twelfth quarterback off the board. Just letting you know. And if if you do get him there, that is a you are having you have a solid QB room. It is ridiculous how people sleep on this dude every year. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. Perpetually sleeping on him. So at running back, everyone's darling. Cam Akers coming in at running back 18 on underdog ADP. Talk about a meteoric rise in ADP recently. You're not going to get him an RB18 anymore, just letting you know. People seem to overlook the fact that Akers has never had one top 10 running back finish, even while getting the lion's share of the work, except for the last four weeks of 2020. He never had one in 2020 at all. And I get it. The offense is studly. He's recovering from an Achilles injury. And that was super awe-inspiring that he's back on the field, but can he ever fully recover from that? The potential is there, and the value is okay if you are getting him at that spot, but any higher, I am absolutely not biting on Cam Akers here at all. Bad line. They lost Whitworth. They're plugging the holes there. I don't like it. Daryl Henderson, always there to steal work from Cam Akers, but he's already battling a soft tissue injury. Man, he's so efficient when given the chance, but are we really thinking he can stay healthy this year? I believe you can take him at RB45 where he's going right now and get an excellent return on value if he does happen to make his way onto the field and stay there for a while. But I really like Kyron Williams at running back 94 right now. Do you want to talk about players who had poor combine testing and went on to be studs? Anquan Bolden, Terrell Suggs, Navarro Bowman, some of the best that ever did it. Williams did test poorly, but what he was able to do at Notre Dame was spectacular. A true rusher, receiver, and blocker. I, I really think the fantasy community is sleeping on this dude, especially with the way that running back room looks right now. Jeff Wilson, Rex Burkhead, and Matt Breda are going ahead of him. You heard it here first. He could be a league winner. So go get some Kyron Williams on your team. It's not going to cost you much to do it. You guys got anything on the running backs? I I agree. I actually thought you were an Acres Homer. I've never been that like last year before the injury, he was going way too high, in my opinion, for a guy who literally had played four games basically. So I was I get... high on him when he was going like nine ten in the rookie drafts. That's where I no, was. No, not in the I'm not even talking about the rookie drafts. I'm talking yeah. about before last season, he was going in that like 20-ish top 20 players off the board. And I was just like, I'm not buying that. Like I'll, I won't take it. Obviously he got injured. It was a sad situation. He's still got to come back from that. And I think if anything his ADP is a little bit better now, but at the same time, it's still a little too high for me for a guy who hasn't showed it yet. Yeah. I mean, he 
can be good and hopefully he will be, but like we're for fantasy, we want sure things, especially in those rounds. I yeah. know why people want to do it. Yeah. I, I, I think the, everybody's a little cool off on Kyler, Kyron Williams because of his, what, you know, what he did at the combine when he was, you know, slow as molasses. But honestly, I, I think that has been a little overblown. Well, not even a little way overblown. And I think that he could very well be a very viable part of this backfield. I mean, there's a lot of people that think that Cam Akers is going to come in and get the lion's share of the work here over Daryl Henderson, over Kyron Williams. I just don't don't believe it yet. And I get that he's supposedly an RB2. Um, a lot of people are going to have him at the 17-18 spot, I think, in their rankings when the pros come out and do it. But I need to see it before I believe it. Personally, I have him a little bit lower than most. It won't be, um, it won't be a running back I'm targeting this year, and that's simply because they use the passing game as a running game some of the time too. So it's yeah. And Kyron Williams really excels in that role. So exactly, I'm going to do it in honor of Matthew Barry retiring. I'm giving the Barry bump to Kyron Williams this year. No, the offensive pump. The OPP. The OP pump. <laughs> Offensive points pump. OPP, you know me. OPP. Under the wide receivers. Cooper Cup, he's your wide receiver one on underdog. Oh, my God, regression candidate. Oh, yeah, no shit. He had an absolutely historical wide receiver season. Sean McVay will figure out a way to replicate his success last year. No wide receiver in the league was matched up more on linebackers last year. And who was it in 2020? It was Robert Woods. So Sean McVay is going to get him matched up on linebackers. This is your wide receiver one in fantasy. Don't get cute with it. This is your guy. The addition of Allen Robinson maybe takes a little bit off of this plate, but he had 191 targets last year. So even if he loses some of those, he will be just fine. Speaking of Allen Robinson, last year was an absolute mail-in year. Last year was Chicago. They disrespected him and he showed it on the field. He was not happy. He is fully healthy. And he's 28 years old. I will say it again. 28 years old. Allen Robinson with a chip on his shoulder is a dangerous scenario for defenses across the league. And then we got Van Jefferson. He had 89 targets last year, which he put up some pretty seller numbers on that one. But he showed he could function even with OBJ in the fold. Right now, with the addition of Allen Robinson, I think we're looking at like a late stage DJX type numbers for Van Jefferson. He's going to have some big games. He's a sneaky value in best ball. And he's a definitely definite buy for me in Dynasty right now. And Tutu Atwell is just a name to monitor. He didn't do a damn thing last year. But if he's dropped, scoop him up. He, he's got talent. Going on with the pass catchers, we got Tyler Higby. He's currently tight end 19. Watching Tyler Higby is a catch 22. What he does on the field looks impressive, but he rarely makes big plays. He dives all over the field. He flops all over the field. But he rarely catches the ball. He did have the third most red zone targets in the league last year, and he is tied to Matt Stafford, but he is still fourth or fifth in the pecking order. And he is currently being drafted behind Albert O, Gerald Everett, and Logan Thomas. He actually could be nice value this year. I've talked a lot of shit on Tyler Higby, but where he's going right now, you could do worse at at tight end or at tight end too. He's a solid backup tight end. I mean, I'd take him as my backup. I, I'm not excited about him, but I'm like, oh, okay, Higby's he, he there. looks like one of those wacky, wild, flailing, inflatable tube mans out there. Like, I like Joe's strategy of tanking Tyler Higby's ADP, and then now he's like, you know, 
You know what? Yeah, kind of a value, you know? He's a I'm joke. A realist, He's a clown. Man. I'll take him. I'm a realist. I like value. I love it, Joe. I love it. I'm sure you'll end up with Mike Williams, too, by the end of this. He's going way too high. He is going very high. I don't he know is. about all that. Yeah, he's right after Keenan Allen. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so, yeah. My only argument with your conversation, I actually really like it. I think Van Jefferson's a good steal. That's not an argument. I just, I, I really like his ADP right now because I think he's going to have room. I think everybody like has saw what Aaron or Allen Robinson did on the Bears the last few years. And I don't know if anyone noticed, but the Bears didn't know what the hell they were doing the last few years. So don't look at that. Allen Robinson was pissed last year, man. He wasn't doing oh, a yeah. damn thing for Chicago. But the one thing I disagree with you on is Cooper Cup being the number one wide receiver. I don't think it will happen. I like 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 you said, the it's there's gonna be regression here, and it's gonna be hard, and it's gonna be hard to face. I'm probably not gonna get him because he's in the first round right now. There's no way I'm thinking about drafting Cooper Cup. I mean, it's the back end, so if you get like the the flip and you get to be able to grab him and someone else right there, sure. I just. I can't imagine he's going to do anywhere near what he did last year. I think we're looking back at what he's good, what he did in the past. I mean, it, and it's still going to be good. Points more than Jamar Chase. I, seventy I, points more than Justin Jefferson. The only one that was close was Debo last year. I think he could be wide receiver three, four, five. I just don't think he'll be number one. Who I, do you think would be not wide receiver one, Josh? Let's get it out here. Put, um, put, put it on paper. Justin Jefferson. Um, CD Lamb has a chance. Devonte Adams has a chance. Um, even though I've railed on the Raiders, um, I was about to say after your Raiders demolishing, <laughs> I'm just saying has, has a chance. Out. I mean, any of these wide receivers have a chance. Stephon Diggs has a chance. Debo Samuel has a chance. I I just I just don't think Cooper Cup will be number one. I think he'll be worth it in the end. You'll get the points from him, but I think really if he was in that like 16th pick and you got to grab like Najee Harris here and then go grab Cup in the second round, I think you're a good pairing. I just. I can't really want to get Cooper Cup in the first round. I, I'm not feeling good about my team if that's my first I round. I had a Cup Etienne start, man, and I am feeling great about that. Yeah, that's I have a feeling that team is going to be really bad, Joe. I'm not trying to be rude. It's going to be you, so good. You went so young. And I'll tell you bad. what, my my zero RB strat that I'm going to use this year, which I am, by the way, going to use for almost every one of my drafts, um, unless I get the number one pick, uh, my zero RB strategy this year is going to heavily feature Cooper Cup. In it. It's just what are you going to do? With, if you get the third pick, what are you going to do? Cooper Cup? Yeah, probably. Mm. I think that's a mistake. I'm just, I'm just saying. Wide receivers win. That's that's. that's I agree. I, Wide I've receivers noticed. are important, but also running backs are as well. No, yeah. they're not. Until they're they get hurt, people. like Christian McCaffrey, and then your seasons down the tank. <laughs> They'll buy the championship. Well, it wasn't because of him. <laughs> it wasn't. You're right. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a keeper league, so that's a little different um, than redraft. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think I, I mean Cooper Cup's going to be the guy I'm after in because I am going to do zero RB and I think he's perfect. Allen Robinson, I still think has a, a ton of value even where he's going in the ADP right now. So I think this entire offense, maybe not Tyler Higby, um, is good value. I won't be after Cam Akers, but I can't lie to you if he's staring me down there when the second quarterback run starts or the I I, I think I might be after it then. So. I think this is a good offense. I, I, I you know, hail Sean McVay. He, he, he's, he's done it. <laughs> he's a genius. He always, does that. he always does it. So the defense, we got Aaron Donald. Do we really need to talk about him? He's an absolute game wrecker. Well, some he's people a- don't play IDP, so maybe you do need okay. to tell them. He's a cheat code if your league starts defensive tackles. Um, yep, really just is. saying, if, if they do, he's top three pick easily. 
Kanye got him his deal. Now just let the man go to work. <laughs> Bobby Wagner. This is just an embarrassment of riches here. He instantly plugs the middle of this defense and will continue getting those cheap tackles as Floyd and Donald and Robinson and everyone just wreak havoc on the lineup there. So love Bobby Wagner. Jalen Ramsey, perennial DB2. He's one of the few cornerbacks that make enough splash plays to be started in non-quarterback leagues at your defensive backslot. Taylor Rapp, strong safety, 91 tackles last year, one and a half sacks, four interceptions. You could do a lot worse as your safety number two, even your safety number one. And then you got Leonard Floyd, 11 sacks last year, and he's tied to Bobby and Donald for the foreseeable future with a five-year deal there. This is the base of your defense. Now, they have Sean Robinson. He looked pretty good last year. They have Justin Hollins returning from injury. Ernest Jones, I think we're still a couple years away from him really making a name for himself. And then you got Jordan Fuller and Troy Hill. I this this defense is stacked. Not a lot of depth on it, but uh, you don't need it when you get the stars it. they have. No, exactly. They the Rams actually listen to my fantasy football strategy, and uh, I love it. Yeah, well, they have literally a million bajillion dollars, and they can somehow get around the cap to make every deal in the possible in the, you know in the NFL work. I, it's it's one of these teams where I just when you tell me the cap matters it's hard to see it sometimes and this team is very much one of those where they've pushed the money to the back end of most of these contracts so that they have a cheap team up front and it's just frustrating to look at because a lot of these teams you're you want your team for example to get better and you see a team like this where it's like well okay they're just putting together a fantasy lineup all of a sudden and you know they reload the thing in four is, years, they are going to be ass. The thing is, and here's a, a, a tidbit for everyone out there, this team could still potentially add players down the road. Odell Beckham is still looking to add or come back to the Rams when he gets healthier uh, come December. So that's like another potential person of interest for this team. But there's just, you know, it, it's just a, a, an embarrassment of riches on this starting lineup. You're not really going to want depth options, but the starting lineup is freakish. It pisses me off, honestly. And I, I don't think we can be remiss without saying fuck Cronky. So just want to throw that one out there. Um, not a big fan as a St. Louis uh, native. Good for you, I guess. But like, I do actually really love the players on this team. That's the thing. I don't, I'm not mad at that, but uh, yeah, no, that's mm, mm, mm. all right. Anyway. Yeah. First turn to say the least, but anyway, Rams over under is 10 and a half. Okay, we got Buffalo, Atlanta, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, then the Cowboys, the Panthers, the 49ers, the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Packers, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. That's actually a pretty tough schedule. They're going to have to earn it. Well, I mean, I hope so. They won the, the championship. But they got freebies against Seattle this year. I think we can both say that. They're going to beat the Cardinals at least one of the two times. San Francisco is a little dicey because they play different. So that's at least three wins in their division. And then outside of that, they play like the Panthers. I just, I think 11 wins completely within the realm of possibility. That that sounds right. I like it. I would say 11 is pretty much their, I wouldn't say cap because they can win all of these games. It's very clear. So, right. but I'd say 11 is probably where they end up at. So I'm taking the over as well. Yeah. Over and not thinking twice about it. Also, uh, Joe, you said their, their line was injured I, I, or not as good now that we're at the scone. They're still the 11th ranked offensive line at the moment. So 
Yeah. That line still is strong. I, I would like to see them get a running game going, but I don't think they're going to do it because they don't have to. I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll run the ball, but it's not going to well, be like... the thing is, and I was talking with a couple of Rams friends, and they said that really the, the, the line that they lost was most of their run-blocking guys. It wasn't their pass-blocking guys. Mm. So the offense that they're running is still going to, you know, not necessarily be the worst. Uh, maybe the run game takes a little hit, but didn't have much of a run game last year, so it's not like they're competing against much. It's fair. All right, okay. uh, what's our, what's our next team, Bill? It is will, it the uh, it's the Eagles, right? It is. Well, it's the Eagles, the Eagles of the Arizona. Southwest. Yeah, exactly. Different South, kind of bird. The Southwest Eagles. Uh, we're gonna head down to Arizona and hit up the Cardinals. So Cliff Kingsbury, I think we can all say, is not the best coach in the NFL. It's it's a little. Uh, nerve-wracking to say the least, Um, but I'll give you the brief overview of the team. So Kyler Murray is on top of this team. Uh, He is still a premier, probably top five quarterback for the first half of the season. I'm sorry. I love how you had to like pause there too. I'm uh, I'm serious. uh, Yeah. He's a, he's a top five quarterback for half of the season. And then the second half of the season happens. I don't, I don't, it's, it's inexplainable what happens to this dude halfway through the years. It's happened every year he's been in the NFL. It can be, maybe he's tired. Maybe the team around him gives up, but like last year they gave him Zach Ertz halfway through the season. And there was a couple good weeks with Ertz. Ertz wasn't the problem. He's just it's a just, whittle. Yeah. It's just, it, it, that. that's what it is. Problem and, is he's good the first half of the season, but he doesn't have Hopkins for the first six games of the season. So this is a right. Delicate. So yeah. going to turn into a pumpkin halfway through on to, yeah, to move to the wide receiver room. So they brought in Marquise Brown. They traded away their first round pick and brought in Marquise Brown. Now, as you all know, I'm an Oklahoma fan. Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown are really good friends. So if I had to guess how this is going to shape up, Marquise Brown's value is way too low at his current ADP. Uh, these guys are friends on and off. The, they play Xbox together on Twitch a lot. Like it, it, they, they play Call of Duty. They play Madden. They play a bunch of video games, and they are very well connected. They have that connection, and so there's nothing really to, to be concerned about in taking Marquise Brown a little bit higher than you normally would because – they like each other. Um, like you said, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out for six games. So taking him is kind of one of those, if you already have a really good team going, maybe you t- add him in at the end. But he's someone maybe you shouldn't uh, jump for if you don't have a good team because six games in a fantasy football season is damn near half half of it. Like, yeah, you're also if, – if his ADP stays true, which it won't, it'll probably be drafted higher. But you're getting him in like the – end of the seventh early eighth round at the moment 81 so i mean like i said if you have a good team and you draft a good wide receivers he's a good one to add on there but if not a little concern there um marquise brown going behind Cortland sutton dk metcalf and mike williams right now you taking him over those guys maybe not dk but the other two no. I think I could make a case for him to go over the other two. I think I would too. The only concern is what happens when Hopkins comes back because he, his production is going to fall off a cliff there. It's true. Um, and that leads to the other player on this, this wide receiver core that's going to be relevant for a little while, and that's A.J. Green. He had a very up-and-down year last year. He put in a lot of yards, not a lot of touchdowns to show for it. But while DeAndre Hopkins is out, A.J. Green will probably be relevant. 
Um, when he comes back, he probably will not anymore. And I think once he comes back, and now here, like, it's just here's the problem: Kyler Murray falls off about the time you know a couple of games after DeAndre Hopkins comes back. So what does that mean for this offense? I don't know. It, it's kind of tough to say. Are you getting the best weeks of the season from AJ Green at the beginning? Anyway, like, would that make him more valuable? I'm not. I'm not sure. Not yeah. bad in best ball. Best yeah, ball. Best ball is a good spot to have him in. Honestly, this is the type of team that I want on my best. Or these type of players from this team are the type of players I want on my best ball team. So, AJ Green's going between Donovan Peoples Jones and KJ Osborne right now. So. Yeah, that's free. I mean, at that point, you're adding uh, your fourth, fifth wide receiver, and if it, yeah. if he starts hitting that first week, put throw him in the second week. You know, I mean, he's he's free. Okay, and then our last guy is Joe's guy, Rondale Moore. Um. Love him. He he did not get used how we thought he was going to be used last year, but Arizona decided to get rid of Chase Edmonds. I think that makes things very interesting for Rondale Moore. I think that that is a total spot. Cliff Kingsbury could scheme up Rondale Moore to take some of those pass uh, passes out of the backfield because the running backs are James Conner, Daryl Williams, and Eno Benjamin, all of whom are proficient at catching the ball. But if you have a player like Rondale Moore on your team, I think we go ahead and use Rondale Moore instead of one of the running backs in that in that spot. So could be some value there. I don't think I would be drafting him onto my team, but he's somebody that late, if you want to add somebody that's a spec ad that could be, you know, boom or bust, I think Rondale Moore fits that that I, I think he's pretty much irrelevant until one of the wide receivers gets injured or something, yeah. in my he, opinion. AJ Green, AJ Green's value is already so low at that point. So like might as well get him. That's true. Yeah. Rondale Moore is just when he gets the ball in his hands, it is ridiculous. I mean, the Chase Edmonds role, that makes a ton of sense. And if, you know, he could land four or five catches a game there, I think he could actually make some pretty good noise. Uh, another guy that might bump into that is Keontae Ingram, who kind of plays a similar game mm-hmm. to what Rondale Moore does, but is more of your prototypical running back. Uh, but no, I love Rondale Moore. He's people have absolutely given up on him in Dynasty, it seems. So he's a good buy low. Yeah, in Dynasty, I, I love grabbing a guy like that. But um, in redraft, I just don't – I mean, keep an eye on him. Make sure he's on your watch list. If anything does happen, you're going to want him. Uh, and, Bill, I'm not going to – I'm going to steal your thunder here because uh, I'm going to talk about my boy Zach Ertz. Yeah, go for um, it. Tight ends was next. So this man is one of the most undervalued tight ends on the board. And if you're getting him at tight end 9 or 10 where he's going, you are going to have a good time. Uh, ended up as PPR's top five tight end last year and – That was with the Jalen Hurts experiment for about half the year. Man had 112 targets. A lot of those were some inaccurate ones from uh, Jalen Hurts, but then Kyler just peppered him with targets at the end, pretty much averaging like seven or eight targets a game. I think he is actually going to be the biggest uh, fill-in for DeAndre Hopkins while he's gone. I think you're going to get six for phenomenal weeks, and then you're going to get your nice like tight end five, tight end six once Hopkins gets back. I think he's going to he could potentially win you some championships here because. I hate buying tight ends early, but this is the guy that like I I always have like one person in mind every year like at the bottom ten or in the in the bottom f- top five or top ten of the tight ends that I'm going for. And Zach Ertz is that guy this year, like 100. He literally had one bad year, and everyone goes, "Oh, he's not a top three tight end anymore." Even though the the four years prior he was four, two, three, and six had one bad year when the Eagles had a bad year because we had nobody to play. So. Not quit, wrong. quit that. Uh, Zach Ertz is one of the best tight ends in the league. Yeah, 
And um, as far as dynasty goes, as far as tight ends, Trey McBride is an, an amazing pickup in most dynasty leagues. Um, Zach Ertz is, I think, what, 34 or 35. So he's probably not got a long 31, man. Calm down. 31. He's my age, bro. Wow, he's Calm a, down. Lot, a lot younger than I thought. Well, maybe 34, he, 35. Well, I thought he was up there. I thought, I thought he's been, you know, in the league a long time. Well, anywho, Trey McBride is an amazing pass catching tight end who is going to be behind him. Um, I don't really see his path to the field this year. I mean, I guess it could happen. I would love to see what a two tight end set from a Cliff Kingsbury offense looks like, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, but in the Michael future, Hopkins is out. Exactly. And that's the whole thing is like, I don't know what we're going to see. Cause Trey McBride is a, like, you know, he used to be a basketball player. He he's one of those guys where, um, you know, he is only pretty much a premier pass catching tight end. It's a very interesting idea that they picked him this year with Zach Ertz on the roster still, but we'll see what he can do. I, I don't think that it'll be this year, but in the future, he's learning from our, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So I think that Trey McBride's got a good future ahead of him. Yeah, um, he's got two more years on his deal too. So he's, yeah. Uh, so that, it's very interesting. We'll have to talk about that next off season. Maybe that's a potential cut candidate, but don't know. We'll see when we get there what this team even looks like. If they even have Kyler Murray, he has not signed a deal, by the way. So he is set to be a free agent next season. Um, let's quickly hit on the running backs. James Conner, I think we can all say is a top 10 running back. I love it. I don't really like it, but it, it I don't love it is. either. But the touchdowns that he was able to put up last year, were I, no joke. I mean, if you think about with Hopkins not being there, if they run more 12 personnel and just stack that lineup and give Conner the ball, I don't see a reason why he can't at least get close to what he did last year. I think yeah. the only thing that gets me here, and I, I, I'd probably put him just outside the top 10, is he had 750 yards on 200 carries. Yeah. He didn't get the yards. Yes, he got 18 touchdowns total, but that's not going to happen again this year. There's there's going to be regression in those touchdowns. There definitely but, will. Um, but I think going into the season, it's hard not to like him to – Maybe not improve the numbers touchdown wise, but maybe yardage wise. Um, I assume Kyler Murray. I, here, you know, here's my like conspiracy corner. Kyler Murray, I don't think if he doesn't have a deal on the table, is going to run as much as maybe he's asked to run this season. Because why the hell is he going to risk hurting himself this year when he has a massive deal coming next season with potentially a new team or with the Cardinals? So until there's a deal on the table signed by the Cardinals for him in long term extension. I don't think Kyler Murray's going to run enough this season. No. And I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to get as much running out of him as he would like. It's going to be very interesting to see how that works this year. Yeah. I, yeah. I think James Conner is like the new school Brandon Jacobs. He was never a huge yards guy, but he would rack up the touchdowns when needed. So he's not flashy, man, but he's going to put up the points for you. I gotta put I gotta put James Conner more in the fifteen range. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys out there that can do it. I I will not say he's a top ten running. Back. I can see he's that. The, the only the only thing I'll give Conner though over some of those guys is he's not splitting workload with anybody. So it, it is true. There's not much there, he's, but he's top thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. He's, they got him right behind Saquon and and Fournette's in front of Saquon. So I would say probably him and Fournette are similar in their production this year. We said top 10, and I just couldn't take him over Swift. And Swift, I think, is right about 10. So it's oh, going to be Swift's tough for me. such a value, That's always. A good point. Yeah. Swift would be over him. Okay. Uh, Josh, do you want to tackle the defense? Maybe you Ta- tackle the defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. 
Um, sure, man, I could do that. So we got JJ Watt, who is still a good player, but you're not getting the fantasy out of it. Someone's going to draft him way too early. Uh, don't be that guy, please. Um, Marcus Golden's really you're going to be your like defensive tackle you're going to want or defensive end you're going to want. I know he's technically kind of like an outside linebacker. Uh, Golden has had some pretty good years, and I think him and JJ Watt can have a good time. This defense is going to be a little less explosive as it has been in the past. We're, I feel like we're still waiting on Isaiah Simmons. I, I think he had a better year last year, but it still wasn't what he lived up to. Uh, basically, what they were expecting two years ago was Micah Parsons, and the Cowboys got him. So that didn't work for them. Uh, but Zayvon Collins was a phenomenal draft pick right after him. And Collins came in as a rookie and showed that he's worth the money. So Collins is where you're going to want to, where you're going to get your value from linebacker. Um, I'm not against grabbing Isaiah Simmons. I feel like he's probably going too high just because of his namesake alone, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one guy who I found last year, I, I, will, I won't be, I'll be honest, I had no idea. Jalen Thompson is one of the best safeties in the league, um, I, at least fantasy wise. I can't say about actual, uh, you know, PFF rankings and whatnot, but Jalen Thompson had uh, pretty much nine tackles per game. And I think that was because of the lack of tackles by the line and linebackers with JJ Watt out left a little hole there. So this defense isn't great, but it does have fantasy stars. Uh, they do have Buda Baker. Obviously we know who he is, but he's kind of like that Tyron Matthew where he has his good, good games. And then all right, I don't actually, that was, that was really rude to Buda Baker. Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in the league. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is it's one of those guys who, he, he has a really huge week. And so like basically he'll have like a 30 point week one week and then he'll have like a, an, an eight or something. So like, just don't expect that every time. Like when you see the numbers at the end of the year, it looks a lot higher. That's what I tried. That's what I was trying to say. Sorry. Okay. I like, and that. Then I like that clarification. The corners, I can't even see your face, but I assume it was just like jaw dropping. Um, <laughs> well, I was like, what are we going here? Well, anyway, the the corners are good, not great. I actually, Byron Murphy's my guy, a great nickel corner. Um, Antonio Hamilton and Marco Wilson. I don't even know who those guys are. So I'm going to be honest with you. The secondary is going to get burned by a lot of teams. And unfortunately, they're in a division with a lot of good wide receivers. So it's going to be tough for them. But Buddha and Jalen Thompson will sweep up all those tackles that the corners can't tackle. So. Get the safeties, get your linebackers, and you want to go grab J.J. Watt? Sure, man. I, I mean, he might have a good rodeo last year or something, but the injury's there, and someone's probably going to draft him too high, in my opinion. Yeah. There's only two guys on the defense that I'd keep an eye out is, is Nick Vigil. He was just drafted in a dynasty league we were in, and it's true. He always figures out a way into the starting lineup. So he if really Isaiah does. Simmons falters or Zavin falters, I could see him being plugged right in there. And my guy Sanders out of Cincinnati was drafted with the hundredth pick. You know, he's going to slot right in there and be a really effective edge rusher. He is very quick. And especially with JJ Watts power on the other side, I could see him stepping in as a rookie and actually making some noise. So look, look for those guys, late picks, nothing, nothing crazy. My guy. I like that guy. Um, I will say, I think that we, if this year doesn't go well for Buda Baker, we need to protest for him to change his number back from three back into the 30s. So this last year when he changed his number to three was the first year since his rookie season that he did not get to 100 tackles. It's the number change. That's what it was. It's it's affecting his body. There's some kind of weight with the stitching. I don't know. It's affected (laughs) him in some way for Buda Baker not to get to 100 tackles. And I say that if he doesn't get it this year, it's time to switch back, Buda Baker. 
He's played. He played every game last year too, so it wasn't. It wasn't due to injury. Exactly. It's the number. I thought it was him. wild that players that had already established numbers and that they changed to the the single numbers or something. Like if you're getting traded, sure. If you're on a new team, sure. If you've been there, if you're not that great of a player or you haven't really established yourself, sure. But like the right. people who people have bought your jersey and you're going to change the number, it's just kind of inconsiderate. Honestly, you're just you're just gambling with the the the, the gods of football. Like you, mm. you're just you're just testing them. By doing yeah, stuff and like odds. But okay, well, I think that's enough Cardinals talk. <laughs> enough Cardinals talk. Um, it was fun. Eight and, and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'm I got to I got to schedule as well. Also, that, uh, just that second half is going to be important. Just a heads up: this offensive line is ranked 25th right now. Woof. Yeah, it's not and, ideal. You, and you all wonder why Kyler Murray wants to protect himself this year. Not you two, but like the the community no, I, at large. Like, I you think they could get Kyler Murray some of those uh, drywall stilts that the guys use? That probably like if they signed him to a deal, stuff. I'm sure he would wear those stilts during the game. Probably. You know, they need yeah, to I mean, get need those to... fused to his feet and really be pretty <laughs> effective there. If they keep Kyler, they need to sign every offensive line when they sign needs to be short, like just yeah. not six five hmm. guys. Can't do just that. Everyone so, Cole Strange. <laughs> yeah. Wow, exactly. Okay, anyway, let's hear some schedule, Joe. All right, so starting off, we got the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Rams, the Panthers, the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Rams, the 49ers, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Buccaneers, the Falcons, and the 49ers. I'm going under. Under. I good God. I like kind of blacked out in the beginning there. I'm actually pulling it up myself because I was like, I gotta like. I saw zero and five. I heard like zero and five, and then the Seahawks, and I was like, whoa. I think they could beat the Raiders week two, but Chiefs, Raiders, Rams, you got Panthers, then you got the Eagles, Seahawks, Saints. I I could see it. There's some teams gone. Getting to to nine is gone. Yeah, I, it's just the problem is you're going to start off real shitty right off the bat with the Yeah, Chiefs. and then Kyler's second half of the year is Kyler the Murray's second, second half of the year. So Yeah. There's some teams, there's some beatable teams in here though. Like obviously the Seahawks can anyone can beat. I just I'm going to throw that out there. The Saints are one of those question mark teams. The Panthers are one of those question mark teams. The Raiders I think are probably a little higher that they could win that game. And then you got Patriots Broncos with this Broncos. defense. Like, I think the Cardinals like are about wins. the Patriots. I think the Cardinals and the Patriots are about even. Man, That's an but even team. It's like a struggle to get to four. I think the problem with them is the they four? go good team, okay team, good team, bad team, good team, okay team. So they're really never going to get any consistency. Like I don't think they'll ever like win a streak of games. It's going to be win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So that eight and a half is actually really smart by Vegas. Once again, it's like almost like they do this for a living. Um, right, well, I'm putting you over. I'm gonna take the. I was gonna say I'm gonna take the over. I, I like to. I like this team. It's got good weapons. The defense is the biggest question mark in my opinion. Most Not good. Suspicious over I've ever seen. Um, okay, well we'll take oh, that. I like them, man. What do you want? <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, we will get back to the rest of the NFC West after this. Commercial. Hey, IDP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDP Army when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100. And you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. 
They have everything. If you're into any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully, we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. Guys, we will be at the Fantasy Football Expo, and we will be doing live drafts at the booth. So if you are there, swing by, and we will be doing live underdog drafts. We will not be jogging. Two words no there. jogging. Under jogs. Under jogging. There will be a foot race after the draft. Yep, we'll have an old school pistol out front lawn of the expo. So. Okay. I think we're going to get into my team, and I think this is when it gets a little hairy. We might get a little bit of argumentative. Um, I apologize to any listeners who have listened so far and been like, man, they're being cordial this week, but Josh hasn't started talking yet. I've That's got four weeks of pent-up aggression towards you, bro. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I didn't disagree with you, really, other than Cooper Cup being number one, which is like, that's not, I still think he's going to be great. So, all he's right, anyway. One. On to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so... <laughs> They went 10 and seven last year and had a breakout year from Debo Samuel. Um, our boy out of nowhere, Elijah Mitchell came out of nowhere as well and had a pretty good year. Trey Sermon, who was talked up by Jordan and Billy did not do it and is still buried on the depth chart again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I was looking up like notable draft picks and free agents and stuff there, they didn't do anything in the off season. Um, nope. Not excited about that. Uh, their draft was interesting. So they lost their first round pick because it went to uh, whoever it went to, to get Trey Lance. Um, the ironically, what they did again was draft another running back as their second pick off the board in the third round, Tyrion Davis price. I'll get to him in a second. And then they got Drake Jackson defensive end uh, in the second round, which I don't know much about. Uh, Billy might be able to tell us a little bit more about when we get into the defense. Mm-hmm. And then Danny gray, who is an exciting name to watch and dynasty could be fun to get. Um, no, I don't think you're going to really worry about him in redraft and let's just maybe keep an eye on him, put him in your queue. You might come back to him later. So, um, getting to this team in general. So basically my, my sleepers for this team all around, I'm not going to do this as, as organized as, because there's going to be a couple arguments here. My sleepers for this team are running backs, not name Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and these are the guys you should stash at the end of your bench. Uh, and, Basically, I don't I don't really know who needs to hear this, but don't drop your rookie. So if you draft Tyrion Davis Price, do not drop him. You're gonna have a Justin Jefferson situation. He's gonna pop off. Wait three, four weeks. See if he see if he gets the ball. I assume he'll at least Shanahan's pretty good about mixing up the running backs. So uh, I am still a big fan of Elijah Mitchell, but the only problem with me is I'm not gonna draft him because for some reason the 49ers switch running backs every year. So in Dynasty, Tyrion Davis Price, probably not the best pick, but for this year. Sure, I, I'm, I'm about it. Uh, but also, you do have to worry about Jeff Wilson. He is actually a very good running back, a very boring name, and very boring draft. Uh, so we got Elijah Mitchell's running back 21, uh, Sermon's at 65 somehow, and then Wilson's at 75, and Tyrion Davis Price is at 73. So you're getting all three of them really late. I would be okay with you even grabbing Trey Sermon. You never know. Maybe he'll do a little better this year. All right, now getting into my overrated ADPs. I'm not going to be drafting Debo this year. 
And I, I, I understand why people want him. Uh, and this is not due to his talent. We all saw it last year. Uh, although I'm going to go off into a little tangent here. Side note. Um, I will say I get why he's trying to get paid as a top 10 wide receiver um, because everyone else did basically. Uh, but for me, it's like Debo, you have had one good year and albeit it was a phenomenal year, but one of his first three does not put him in top 10 paid wide receivers just yet. I get like, let's say week eight, he comes out, picks up right where he left off, sign the man right away. But if he comes out slow and does what Ayuk did last, last year at the beginning, uh, no, no. I mean, sure. Sign him, but don't give him that contract yet. I want to see what he can do in a second year. Um, he was kind of like the only weapon on the, the field last year. So, um, I don't know. He's going above Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I... I like all four of those guys more than Debo just because they're proven. I mean, I guess Lamb's probably not proven, but I think that Lamb will do it. So that's maybe a little biased in my opinion. Um, anyway, but not not to rail this too hard, but my, my biggest thing is Debo a little overpriced at wide receiver four. Um, so he's going kind of like mid-second round. I think that you can wait. Um, the, the weird thing is the second round this year is really volatile. Like you're getting those guys who like have chances like CD lambs in there, Tyreek kills in there. So yeah, sure. I get if you want Debo and I'm not upset if you do, I just, I would not draft him any higher than where he's at right now, which I think is 14th and PPR. So, um, and then Ayuk actually is the guy I want this year. Um, wide receiver 38. Uh, personally, I think that's the, the buy here for the wide receiver. Really not much behind him either. Jawan Jennings uh, has a chance wide receiver 128 or something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, but my biggest guy that I'm drafting is 
George Kittle. I don't know why I have a thing for tight ends in this division today, but uh, three of the last four seasons as tight end, two, three, and four. Uh, this man is a beast, and I'm tired of hearing he is injury prone. Uh, he had one year where he was injured. It makes no sense why we're going to label a guy lost to injury for one year. We, they, once again, these guys play football. I just I want you know they can get injured on any play. I'm going to say that every week if I have to. Maybe I'll put that on a T-shirt. But uh, the TDs aren't really great, but he's not a touchdown guy. He's a wide receiver. So this is the OG Kyle Pitts before we knew what Kyle Pitts was. So I will um, agree with you that George Kittle does not have great TDs. His TDs are they're, they're yeah they're not they're not soft they're a little uh they're a little too <laughs> muscular for my opinion um like them a little little more all right anyway get back getting back into it um, <laughs> Kittle is 14 spots after Pitts and Pitts doesn't have a quarterback and getting into that I don't believe that Kittle does either but I don't think it's going to matter um, and I'm not trying to rail this team too hard it's not my thing the roster is just paper thin. Um, but person I'm not sold on is Trey Lance. We kind of talked about this before the show. Uh, these guys actually traded Kyler Murray for Trey Lance right before the show in the league. So, mm-hmm. um, he did fortunately get to sit most of last year, which is what I want a quarterback, a rookie quarterback. Who's not fully proven to get acclimated. So there is a, yeah. So there is a chance that Lamar or Jalen hurts. He kind of has that kind of type of year. Um, he is currently being drafted at QB 13 and redraft. So there is upside there. I like him as a QB two. I just don't want you thinking like you're going into the year, you waited on quarterback and you got Trey Lance starting. I don't think you're feeling good about that. I like where QB 13's at and I like where he's at right now, but I have a feeling he's going to get bumped. There's going to be camp news and he's going to all of a sudden be QB eight going into the season. And some man is going to draft him in like the fifth round and they're going to have a bad year because you've got running back upside. And then I haven't seen him throw the ball well enough to be excited. Literally his best game was 249 yards throwing against the Houston Texans, the worst team in the league. So I don't know. I, did I go too hard on them? Do you guys, what do you guys got? No, I mean, I'm more excited on uh, Trey Lance than you are. I think that, you know, I, everyone loves the shiny new toy. I'm falling <laughs> into that category with Trey Lance. I just think behind that offense with that line I, and all the weapons, I think he can be very successful, especially with his rushing upside. I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. So I am very high on uh, Trey Lance for, you know, I think where he's going right now is perfect. Like you said, if he goes any higher, I probably will be off of him completely. But that's really my only thing that I disagree with. Okay, that's actually not as bad as I thought. No. Not bad at all. I, I just have a, a overall question. Are we a thousand percent sure that Debo Samuel is going to play on the San Francisco 49ers nope. this season? They said I, it deals close, but... You know I, how that goes. Can't I think news. that's a mistake, man. I think they're going to look back at this three years later and Debo Samuel is going to have average years. And I think it's going to be like, this wasn't quite a contract year for him, but it basically was. He was on the end of his rookie contract and he had a Mike Williams year. Like, and like Joe said, Mike Williams ain't going to do shit next this next year. He's going to be out there lazily lifting the listing to the left or something like that. Well, so. here's, here is the problem. Like, I, and I think, what is Debo's incentive this season to play as hard as he did last season? Zero. Zero. For sure. He's got he's got a contract to worry about next offseason. Why the hell would he give his 100% for the San Francisco 49ers this year? I, I agree with you, Josh. I think Debo Samuel might be going a little bit too high, and that's simply because of what's happening off the field. Now, Especially if he, signed- he hasn't done a damn thing before this year. Exactly. And and maybe that could partially be because of scheme, partially because like 
2020, they were the most injured team in the NFL. Last year, they were the third most injured team in the NFL. So maybe the the full you know ch- chessboard hasn't been you know laid out yet for us for Kyle Shanahan to show us what he wants to do here. But why would he try this year if he's going to get paid next offseason? It makes no sense. That's why like the contracts of these people makes a little bit of the case for why not to draft them. If if they get a deal done tomorrow, massive five year to six year extension then sure. We, I mean, he's draftable because he's going to play his hardest, but while there's money on the table and he's not, you know, not have it in his bank account yet, I don't see why he's going to put a hundred percent in teams know what he can do. He already showed he could do it last year. Okay. Why put I, all in that effort? Honestly, another reason not even kind of agreeing, but going off a different point is he's not going to, it's not, I'm, I'm never wishing injury on people and I don't want it to happen, but the plays he was making last year for one, he was injured for like the back half of the year, like the entire time. Um, but those plays that he's going through, he's doing runs up the gut. He's doing like, he can't be doing that. Like he needs to be no. like, you he can use him on hard. He runs hard. And that's the problem. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's the reason I'm not drafting him high. I just don't think wide receiver four for a guy who's done it one year is hard for me. Like I've seen it happen many times where you draft that guy who had the 1600 yards last year, and then he goes out for 800 and you drafted him as your first round pick. Exactly. And it's not that he'll be bad this year. We're not saying that he won't even maybe finish as a wide receiver one, like, you know, 10, 12, maybe, but it's just the upside to get to back to where he was last season. There is no incentive currently to do it. Without I'm that put money, the counterpoint for a second okay. though, you're playing on an offense that has George Kittle on it, and Brandon Ayuk. We're still seeing him kind of grow as a player. George Kittle could easily establish himself as the alpha in that offense, which he has before, and that would steal a lot of Debo's thunder. We know the NFL does not have a long memory, so they could honestly forget about what Debo did this year, and he could lose a lot of money because of it. So. I can see where he's coming from trying to get paid like he is. He had a phenomenal year, and why wouldn't you try to play the hot hand? But um, I think I if mean, I would, what I would do if I were Debo is I'd go out there week one and I'd show him, hey, look, I did exactly what I did in week 17. Like, I'd be like, yeah. now you need to pay me. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be like playing the like diva receiver card is one way of handling business. Going out there and just showing enough, not being the featured of the offense, but just showing that you are capable of doing what you did last year, but not necessarily going as hard as you did last year. That's all you need to do. He wants to get paid for his hybrid role, wide receiver and running back. That's part of the problem here is because there is no payment for that position. It just doesn't exist. So I think that this year there's just, there's no way that he does exactly what he did last year. There's just no way. It's just, I don't understand why he's trying to get the words wide receiver and running back put together here. Cause we all know what wider or uh, running back contracts have done. Yeah, but he Fair wants enough. to get a part of their money too because he's playing their position too. He wants his money for playing wide receiver. I just want wide and part of their money. Kirk money, man. Well, he Give wants that. He, he wants money. that and he wants that and so, a little something on top of it because of what he does. His life. He needs Yeezy, man. <laughs> something like that. Call Yeezy's group. All right. So uh, getting into the defense. Um, speaking of another contract dispute, we got Nick Bosa who hasn't made it public that he's unhappy with it but he's in a contract year and i think he's gonna have some things to say about it um as of right now i think it's not gonna affect his status i did sounds like he's playing he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy 
Um, but he is in that they did pick up his fifth year option and did have not signed an extension yet. So they do have to sign two big players. But the thing is, there's not that much money on this team other than a lot of money being tied up in Garoppolo. So that might be another thing they're waiting on is waiting for Garoppolo to get out there. So maybe they've told Debo like, hey, Garoppolo is going to be off the team eventually. But at the moment, we're tied up. And I don't understand it because the depth of this team, like I said, looks paper thin to me. Um, yes, they have two quarterbacks, but we know one's out the door. And then it's Nate Sudfeld who backed up the all the Eagles quarterbacks the last 12 years. Um, and then running backs, we know that they're a running back farm. But wide receiver, we got Ayuk Debo and then Jawan Jennings and then Malik Turner and Danny Gray, rookie, Ray Ray McLeod, people that are unproven. So like they lose Debo. They're honestly shot. So they can't afford to lose Debo. They're going to have to pay him at some point. Um, back to the defense, uh, Armstead and Javon Kinlaw. Uh, if you're in the defensive tackle league, Kinlaw could be a good one for you as well. Eric Armstead, I think, is technically listed as a defensive tackle in some leagues. So keep an eye out on that. And he's had up and down years um, with uh, who was he on before San Francisco? I don't know. Whatever. Armstead? Okay. Armstead was somewhere else, wasn't he? I think they drafted I don't him. Think, I don't think Did so. they draft him? Okay, maybe I'm tripping. Um, anyway, they're uh, linebackers. The Fred Warner and then Dre Greenlaw had has kind of come out of the the shadow as well. Uh, Fred Warner is your linebacker and your other player you're drafting. Nick Bosa and, and uh, Warner are the guys you're getting. I think he's linebacker eight right now, or maybe overall eight. Uh, Nick Bosa is defensive line two or three, depending on how you rank Parsons. So. Um, Safety wise, I'm not really. I mean, you could always grab one, keep an eye out. Um, uh, Jimmy Ward's out there, but hasn't been the most fantasy relevant. Um, and then corners and stuff, I, you know, I'm not a big fan. So, if you guys got anyone on this team, feel free to throw them out there. Aziz Al right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's a, that's a guy that was very I am helpful. So last confused season. how that linebacker room is going to shake out this year. Me too, between Shahir and Greenlaw. I, I feel like Greenlaw's got the job until he loses it. Um, and then, of course, Drake Jackson's the rookie defensive end, so he has a chance to yeah, come he in. And comes from USC. Up. I really liked him at the beginning of last season. His season last year was not quite what I thought it was going to be, but USC was also a hot fucking mess off season, so I don't really consider what happened to him stat-wise. So he still is a good edge rusher. Cool. Yeah, cool. They got an open and strong safety position. I mean, between Odom and Halaganga. Someone's got to step up. Yeah, you notice I just didn't even take great a stab name. at that one. I know. That's a great name. I've mispronounced you. enough names. I'm glad you tried it, Joe. I'm really yeah. am. Um, before I get to the win-loss, I do think we should say if Debo Samuel is traded for some reason or does not play for this team for some reason, Danny Gray is supposed to be his replacement. So that could be potentially a league winner if he was to um, – you know, if Debo was to not be on the team. But I'm sure by the time you draft in season long – we will have found that information out. Um, so it wouldn't be that concern, but just, you know, just got to get the name out there make sure people, you know, remember that just kind of hit on it a little bit, but the over under for the San Francisco 49ers is 10. Mm, I'm taking the under immediately. Doesn't even, wow. see, doesn't even need the schedule. You already said, I don't, I, I, one, one mistake and they're gone. Debo not being signed and not playing or getting traded gone. They've got uh, some softballs in here, but I was about to say, let's, hear, let's hear that schedule. Hear schedule. Well, he, they finished third in the division, right? So, like, yeah. they get the third place division schedule. So, that's that's like a good thing for them. 
Bears, Seahawks, Broncos, Rams, Panthers, Falcons, Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, Buccaneers, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. I don't see a possible way they get there. They play some baby soft people in there. They do the have good, some the good teams there. they play or the good, like great teams. That's the problem. Chargers, Bucks, and then their division. I mean, they got that's that's well, six losses the, right they there. They probably beat the, Se- the Seahawks twice, and they probably beat the Cardinals at least once. Rams are I'm always gonna, weird. Shanahan always seems to split against the Rams weirdly. I'm gonna throw this out there though. Cardinal or uh, the uh, Panthers in the 49ers game is going to be so Fun. awesome. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Um, yeah. Joe, are you going over or under? Under, by far. I am too, but I'm it's only go- because 10, I think, is the ceiling. I think yeah. that is the best they could do. I think they get 10 wins, but I think they push it. And yeah. that's, that's a good year. I think they can easily go under it. Going over is going to be a lot harder. Either, either under or right at. Over is a, a tall, tall task. One slight injury derails the season. Exactly. Okay, well, let's head up to Seattle, Pacific Northwest. Um, it's the last you know team to uh, to get over here. So I mean, they they got rid of Russell Wilson, which was a fun idea for them to do. Um, we kind of had hinted at that possibly happening, and then all of a sudden he was a Denver Bronco. So they brought back Noah Fant on their team, um, and I'll I'll get to him because this team's just a hot mess. So. First, coaching changes. They have a new defensive coordinator named Clint Hurt. Um, he's a defensive line guy, so I, 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 you know, I'm not really specifically sure what that's going to mean for them. But you know, when they lose Bobby Wagner, I guess we'll have to see what he's working with. But we'll start right at the top. The quarterbacks. Uh, there is a true quarterback competition going into the season for the Seahawks, and that is between Drew Locke, Mr. QB 36, and Mr. Geno Smith. Uh, Mr. QB 38, uh, both on underdog ADP right now. Hey, don't rule um, out Jacob Eason, man. He's got a chance with this. There's a chance. Quarterback room. Um, I do. So I don't even. So I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to talk about either of them. Honestly, I really don't. There is a chance that this team trades for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm going to just go ahead and say that is a fat mistake. I hope they do not do that because a, it's going to clog up the rest of their cap space, which I'm positive is not much unless they get. San Francisco to eat some, but with them being in the division, what incentive do they have to do that? And then just tank this year and get one of the best quarterbacks in college coming out next season. That's what and, they should do. And they got some draft picks out of this trade. So utilize yes. those draft picks, draft picks wisely. Keep DK Metcalf happy and you can try to figure out Tyler Lockett for another quarterback other than Russell Wilson. Would be great. But if not, just go ahead and trade him to the Broncos too. Very confusing, but the quarterbacks <laughs> just don't even worry about it. You're not going to, they're not fancy relevant. Why, why even bother? Um, running back room. Rashad Penny is RB 32 and Kenneth Walker is RB 33. I wish I could make it easier for any of you out there playing the game right now, but it's very hard to say which of these running backs is going to win outright. Now the, Yes, Joe. I can tell you it's going to be Kenneth Walker okay. by a mile. The problem with Kenneth Walker is that he can't pass catch well. Now, he can mean... pass catch well. He just wasn't no. used in that role. Okay, and I appreciate you saying that, that he was not used in that role at Michigan State. And so we don't honestly know exactly what he's capable of. But we do know what Rashad Penny could do. So if I was Pete Carroll, I've got one year left of Rashad Penny on my books why not just run him into the ground and use Kenneth Walker? You've got max three games left of Rashad. Penny. Okay, Joe. Max here's the thing. Here's the thing, Joe. 
why waste Kenneth Walker this season? Let's let him be healthy this season. That's fine, and I totally agree with you. But when Rashad Penny gets hurt in the first snap of the fucking season, Kenneth Walker is going to have the job for the rest of the year. It's simple. I mean, you're not wrong. The problem is they're both both RB3s. All right, guys, 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 let me end this argument for you. The Seattle Seahawks have the 32nd uh, ranked offensive line. They have no quarterback. This team is not this like look at the Houston Texans last year. This is what you're getting from this team. Like the wide receivers might be relevant because they're going to be throwing the entire game. You don't want these running backs on your team this year. That's why if if I'm being honest, that's why I know you like Kenneth Walker. You I'm trying to make the, the, the preview here, but I, I I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you do not draft either one of these guys. If you want to sure, who knows? Kenneth Walker might be a stud next year and maybe you'll get a couple good games out of him. But like, who are they going to run the ball against? Who with against four? Who's going to be shocked that they run the ball whenever Geno Smith's back there floundering around, and then they have to put Drew Lock in because he gets injured, and then they have to put Jacob Eason in because he gets injured because there's no more, there's no one to block. There's the no- same guy saying this loved Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon last year. I just want to throw this out of here. What offensive is the line in this situation? Offensive line was good. Was it? No, yeah. it wasn't. No, both guys got almost a thousand yards. I'd have to say that that's pretty good. Yeah, and what's to say that Kenneth Walker or Rashad Penny cannot do exactly the same? They. It's not like they're just not going to run the football. Well, it's like, not like you they're said, not going to throw it's the be ball. a run heavy team for sure. Like you that's, said, that's Rashad Rashad Penny will get injured, so he won't hit a thousand yards, and then Kenneth Walker will not get a thousand yards because he'll probably be injured as well because there's no one to block for this team. Hmm. Well, I will say this in Kenneth Walker's defense. So he was one of the best off-script uh, runners in college football last season. Most of, not, I wouldn't say most of, but he excelled at being able to do runs where the play was supposed to go a certain way, and he had to bail on that and do his own thing. So in that case, I guess he could be the player that you need on this team with the O-line being this bad. However, the biggest thing is everyone has a love affair with Brees Hall this year, and he's going to a better situation with a more talented offense. But I don't no, think he's not. It's the Jets. Play. I missed that day, but the Jets are not a good offense. I just want to go ahead and clear They're that. They're not. Up. They have more weapons that the defenses are going to have to respect. I'm more I mean, excited for the, that offense than this one. <laughs> 100% agree. 100%. Um, all right, okay, I'll that up, Billy. I'm sorry. Well, I, no, you're I fine. Love well, Walker. I just just to muddle things up even more. Chris Carson may be back. I don't think he should. He's got a neck injury. I hope he does. Is not to... going to get better. Like he's especially going to, with the terrible offensive line and the terrible football team. He's going to harm himself, and I hope that his doctor has made him very aware of what could possibly happen if he steps on a football field again. But Chris Carson is another name to throw out there because he could be there too. I don't know. I would not go near this offense. Joe's planning to take Kenneth Walker probably way too high. I am perfectly fine giving that to him. Um, I would say if you got any of these running backs, they should not be your RB1, potentially not even RB2. They are viable, but just not maybe that viable this season. All right. Just waiting for Joe to, to say something, but Okay. No, you guys made it very clear how how you feel. Well, I think Kenneth Walker is going to be great next year when they have a quarterback. Joe, when you take him in the fifth round, I will stand and applaud you when we are at our draft. I want to have to. He's going at 91 right now. You get him in the freaking eighth round. Well, yeah, we could. Me or Josh could. You, though, (laughs) might be a little higher than that. You're going to draft fifth round. I'm saying for the value you're getting there. We can see it in your eyes, Joe. He's going in the fifth or sixth round. 
Anyway, I'm going uh, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker at 11, 12 this year. Yep, I cannot wait to see that. (laughs) Anyway, on to the wide receivers, the actual relevant people on this team. DK Metcalf is going at wide receiver 24, and Tyler Lockett is going at wide receiver 47. Um, Tyler Lockett seems kind of like a steal at that that clip on underdog. Uh, DK Metcalf, on the other hand, man. I think think you got this one mixed up, but I'll let you finish. Why don't what, what do I have mixed up about it? You're saying Tyler Lockett's a steal, but Tyler Lockett hasn't ever been good except with Russell Wilson, and neither of these guys are throwing deep balls, which is what Tyler Lockett did. So DK Tyler, Metcalf, so Tyler Lockett the- with Geno Smith last year had a like 10 catch, 117 yard game. I mean, one game, nice. It was well, he only played three, and the other two were were forgettable. But Geno Smith might be the starter this year. 33. percent That's what I want if I DK Metcalf did nothing. At, uh, at, okay, at wide receiver 47. Time out, time out. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 11 in standard. Uh, with Geno with, Smith. Uh, with an injured Russell Wilson the entire year? With Geno Smith, though. Oh, Russell Wilson okay. Didn't play oh, okay, you're saying with... Russell Wilson didn't play on the team when I'm, when I'm talking about. He doesn't play there anymore. So we're talking right DK Metcalf with Geno Smith. Not somebody I'm super excited about. It was not really on the same page last year, at least... Tyler Lockett, I can at least see at wide receiver 47, there's a potential there that he could be, um, you know, flex worthy on your team. DK Metcalf is going to go too high. It's just, I don't want him on my team. And it's simply because he, of who the quarterbacks are on that team, because Drew Locke could not make any of the wide receivers in Denver extremely relevant. And Geno Smith has been Geno Smith for most of his career, all of his career. I don't know. I kind of see. So for DK, I know it didn't work last year with Geno, but I, I feel like it's going to be kind of like a DeAndre Hopkins thing where they just throw the ball up and he goes and catches the ball kind of deal. Who uh, He played with like Brock Osweiler back in his like young career. Uh, it was pretty bad quarterbacks he played with before Deshaun Watson got there. And even when Deshaun Watson got there when he, but he didn't have the best of rookie years. So, um, I'm seeing DK Metcalf as a, I'm not saying as a steal. I think his ADP is fine though. I think you're getting him where you're getting, you're getting a solid wide receiver here and it's not, yeah, you're not going to get DK Metcalf of old. He's not going to be wide receiver five or anything like that, but there is a chance that he's still wide receiver 15. I think that's not out of the realm of possibility and the man catches touchdowns. So even in a bad week, you're getting yourself six points plus that catch plus however many yards he ends up with. Even if it's 30, you got 10 points. All right. So just question for, for the crowd here. Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf. Mm. Marquise Brown, 100% because of the first six weeks. But then after that, uh, maybe, tr- maybe flip him for DK. Hmm. Marquise Brown. I think DK Metcalf is a phenomenal receiver. I think the reason it didn't work with Geno and it's not going to work with Drew Locke is the arm talent to get him he outruns quarterbacks he's so fast and to your point josh he doesn't go up and get those 50 50 balls most of the time his game is down the sideline and running to the end zone just burning everybody and if you don't have a quarterback that can sync that up perfectly it's not going to work as good as it should i love dk metcalf as a player i do not like the situation if garoppolo goes there i do think he has the arm to keep up with metcalf so i would take marquise brown and not be happy about either one of them I just see. We, I just say we look at this at the at the next year or the end of the year, and we'll see the exact type of stats that nine hundred seven touchdowns, thirteen hundred ten touchdowns, maybe not that far. Nine hundred twelve touchdowns. It's going to be somewhere in the nine hundred yard mark. I, I I don't know how he's going to get them. I don't know who's going to be throwing it to him. 
uh, but he's going to have about eight, nine touchdowns. I'm I, sure I guess he, he will. Vision, so. I mean, was, Sutton's going right behind him. Amari Cooper's going behind him, especially with the news that four to six games for Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper kind of sneaks up there a little bit in my book. Darnell Mooney's there. Allen Robinson's in, there. I mean, in redraft, I'm not as excited, but I am still a DK Metcalf believer, and I think he oh, yeah. can do it. And I think that that's going to be the game plan because, like you said, they're not going to be throwing the ball down the field, so Lockett's not going to be getting those either unless they'd use him as a true slot guy, which he – typically hasn't been so i guess the question here is what is this team going to do offensively absolutely nothing except can I for try to the, catch can up. i finish the offensive preview real quick no because <laughs> how i haven't even been able to finish the entire team yet <laughs> sorry man okay well let's move on to the tight end so they acquired noah fant from denver he's oh going, noah fant I'm he's going as tight end 20 I actually think that he might be worth taking a flyer on. I, I don't think he's tied in 20. I mean, I don't think he's going to be one of the top six or seven tight ends, but could he finish his tight end 10, uh, 12? Sure. Why not? I, I think he's completely uh, usable. And I think that if you miss out on the premier tight ends, or even if you maybe grab a bad one that you're not sure of, um, he might be a guy that you could put on your team and he could actually maybe return some of that value that you're getting at tight end 20, which is, you know, ridiculously down in the 11th, 12th, 13th round. Yeah, I actually agree with you. Um, I don't know if you're done yet. I don't really know. I'm done now. I'm done. Okay. Um, Noah Fant has been an utter disappointment for most of his career. And I wouldn't say a disappointment. He just never lived up to the expectations. And it's really about the touchdowns. He had three, three, four. Um, 600 yards pretty much every season. I mean, that's well, the pretty poor guy had to play him. with Drew Locke, and now he has to go play with Drew Locke some more. So I know. Like, I don't know. I wonder how pissed he was when he found <laughs> oh, out. He that had to be so happened. mad. He was yeah. like, We're getting Russell Wilson shit. Who are they giving? They're like, they're we're, we're giving Drew Locke, and, and and then uh oh oh yeah, Shut you're going too. You're going you're going with him, man. Uh oh, I'm uh, sure Drew Locke or Noah Fant was like, damn it. I, I think Come the biggest on. thing for Noah Fant is he's going to be the check down guy because Tyler Lockett hasn't historically been that. He could easily be a slot guy if they used him correctly and kind of used him in that Cooper Cup kind of role because that's where you're going to get nickel and dime and stuff, which I assume that's what DK is going to end up doing um, is that big body slant across the field, get 10 yards a little bit more. But Noah Fant's going to be the safety valve when Gino's already thrown two picks and DK is streaking down the field with a, a defender even near him. He'll be like, uh, Fant. So I do agree. There's a chance for him and I love him as a backup tight end. Obviously you don't want him as your first one, but if you did wait, make sure to go get yourself a backup. I think fans, you can do worse than fan. Yeah. I mean, if you end up with like Mike Gesicki or something and you're like, damn, oh, I don't really believe in Gesicki. Fant would be a good person to like add into that just in case, you know. So if you draft Gasecki, you better be your second tight end, or you better <laughs> select one with your next freaking pick. Because that is, is this the Miami Dolphins there. preview? Yeah, What's going on here? I was just, just saying, saying, I think my, my you know, Gasicki, uh, you know, you don't want him. All right, let's move on to the defense. This is a little bit better um, of a of a group. So Bobby Wagner gone. That moves Mr. Jordan Brooks right into a prime position to be a potential linebacker one this season. And I'm, I'm actually going to say he could possibly push to be a top four linebacker um, just based on the amount of tackles, based on the amount of um, what he's going to be asked to do this season because Bobby Wagner was able to put in a year-in, year-out effort to make him one of the premier linebackers in the league. And I believe Jordan Brooks has proven himself to be capable so far, but now with that extra workload and extra time that he's going to be on the field – I think that this could be the year that we finally can, you know, Jordan Brooks can finally move from, 
you know, LB two ish to potentially a top five player. So I think that's a good value to get on your team. I think in your IDP drafts, he'll be somebody that you're targeting in the first round, potentially um, definitely at, at the five, six, seven spot. Um, Jamal Adams. I don't really know what to tell you to do with Jamal Adams. He's going to get drafted way too high. I would suggest you not being that person. Um, two years ago, he was able to get nine and a half sacks, which made him super relevant. One of the DB, I think he was DB one in 2020. And then 2021 happened. He had zero sacks. He had the same amount of tackles only. He had two picks, which he didn't have the year before. But I think that if you're betting on like in another problem is now that with the new defensive coordinator, which is why I mentioned him at the beginning, will they be asking Jamal Adams to do what they've been asking him to do with the, the whole attempt at sack situation? I don't know. And I, I, would I really have to assume I, I, mean, I, I would hope so, because that's why you got him on the team. That's why you gave up all that draft capital back when you traded the jets for him. But at the same time, you know, new guy, new scheme, interested to see how, I, I, you know, it's going to be a little camp news, this situation, but I would love to hear what they're saying in camp about the defense and how they plan to use Jamal Adams. That is something that we will all be monitoring uh, going into the season because I can't, fully tell anybody to draft him in the first two rounds of an IDP draft and feel good about it. And that's just me personally. Um, Quandre you guys, have, you guys have thoughts on him on Jamal Adams. I would rather I think, take Quandre Diggs later. I yeah. I think he'll thought. be fine. And I think he'll, he'll be in that same 90 tackle, maybe a hundred uh, might get himself three, four sacks. He'll be, he'll, he'll be relevant. He's just not going to be worth the name because everyone knows who Jamal Adams is, is the problem. I agree. And I think if you, especially if you're getting into an IDP with maybe players that don't pay attention super a lot, they might be like, Oh, Jamal Adams. I remember him being good, but he might be. I, first round. I would not grab exactly. Jalen Thompson seven rounds later and you're fine. Exactly. So I'll quickly touch on Cody Barton. Um, he has been the IDP darling of the offseason so far because everybody thinks when he, you know Bobby Wagner leaves, Cody Barton's going to be the guy, and I can appreciate that, thinking that he is going to be you know equal to that. But we haven't seen Cody Barton do that yet. He's been in the league three years yet. He's never been asked to do what he's going to be asked to do this year, which is even filling Jordan Brooks' shoes. And for that reason, I'm not going to tell you to draft Cody Barton. If you picked him up in Dynasty, you have a lottery ticket in your hand, and you're pretty happy with that. But as far as redraft IDP goes, I'm not going to be the one to tell you to take him. If he gets to the later rounds and, you know, you're looking around and nobody's taking him yet, maybe that could be a guy that you target. But just based on the whole he's now Bobby Wagner's position kind of thing, I just don't I don't see it. Jordan Brooks is the guy. That's who you're going to want on this defense to be your premier player. And Cody Barton can be a lottery ticket that you've taken a little bit later. And I, I just don't, I don't know. I just, I can't tell anybody to take him. Um, last player that I'm going to talk about is Boye Mafe. He got drafted there and he can definitely push to be the starter because um, he's drafted in the second round. However, I will say this coming out of Minnesota, he only played around 50% of the snaps. He never played a full workload at Minnesota, which is why he fell into the second round. And that is something that I would definitely be concerned with when he gets to um, that defense is that he's never taken on a full workload. So I can't see how they expect him to do the same thing. So guys, any left on this defense that you'd like to talk about? You're, you're not going to get Cody Barton as a deal for long. He's way too talked about right now. Mm -hmm. And he worries me because you're going to have cuts in June or uh, sorry, July. You're going to have cuts. You're going to have, 
free agents that are still out there signing places. And I would not be surprised if they do bring in the competition for him. Agreed. The most tackles he's ever had in a season was 37, playing more of a reserve role. So we are projecting a lot here on him. Um, Shelby Harris, that was a hell of a signing for them. He comes over with six sacks so from the Broncos. So if you have a defensive tackle slot, I think he's a good one. And Darnell Taylor, actually, Daryl Taylor, sorry, was actually pretty serviceable last year. And he has a linebacker and a DL designation on sleeper. Those are my only guys I want to point out. I, I think the reason everyone's so stoked about Cody Barton is because Bobby Wagner was out the last two games and he got 19 tackles in two games. So yep. naturally his fill-in looked good, but <laughs> how that looks in season long. And yeah, he really isn't proven yet. So I think you would be getting a steal if he wasn't talked about as much. He's the Gabriel but, Davis of defense. It's it's a it's a lottery ticket. I mean, if it wasn't Bobby was. Wagner's spot that he was taking, like if he was taking a mid rounds like Jordan Hicks or you know Zayvon Collins type player, I don't know why I said two Cardinals or ex Cardinals, um, but like if it was someone like that, it'd be fine. But since it's Bobby Wagner, he's the number one linebacker, and they're like, oh, there's going to be tackles there. Cody Barton, Cody Barton did fine in those two games, so he's going to be great. And I mean, I I get the logic, but like. I'll take them if I can get them, but I'm not going to reach for them. Yeah, and that's what it is. You just can't reach. I mean, if you get on Twitter and you search Cody Barton, you're going to have a million bajillion results because everybody's talking him it's up. It's insane. So if you have somebody, you know, if you're playing an IDP league with a lot of people that don't really know IDP, I think you're going to be hunt on the hunt for Cody Barton because not a lot of, of them will probably have heard. But if you're playing in a league with a bunch of guys that have pay, been paying attention this offseason, Cody Barton is, is way going to be way overdrafted probably almost. Okay, well, that, that's, that's really all Seattle. The defense, you're going to like. The offense, better like next year. Um, they'll, they'll be fighting for, for that number one pick. Yes, well, we'll see. Except for DK. Um, Seahawks, win-loss uh, is five and a half. Broncos, 49ers, Falcons, Lions, Saints, Cardinals, Chargers, Giants, Cardinals, Buccaneers, Raiders, Chargers. Rams, sorry. Panthers, 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, Rams. I can't do it. I can't do it because they. I know they're going to be trying to lose. Like That's the thing. I know yeah. Pete Carroll is like 72 years old, so he really doesn't have that many years left to just waste. This is going to be one of those years that he wastes. There's just no shot that they try to win this season. So I have to go five. I have that was to go a pretty five. good guess on age. He's 70 years old. Yeah, well, he's he's sneaky old. It feels like he hadn't been around that long, but he he's sneaky old. The secret <laughs> to looking young and staying healthy is chewing gum. You got to use your face muscles so you get rid of the wrinkles. It's uh, straight from the horse's mouth. Honestly, I don't know. I, I want to go over because it's so beatable. But then there's no quarterback. The running back. There's no offensive line. Ah, uh, ah, uh, I'll go. You know what? Is are you going to go under, Joe? For the sake of this podcast, I'll go over. Okay. Just because I want to win. Well, as we wrap up the NFC West, I think we can safely say the Rams are going to win it. I, I, I don't don't think that the 49ers are going to be able to push him push them at all. Um, and I would say the 49ers and Cardinals are going to be battling for that second spot. And, I mean, I think one of them will probably get into the wild card, but I don't think both of them do like they did last year. No, I would have to agree. I think teams have gotten better in the NFC this year. Um, not to boost up Baker, but like Carolina got a good quarter or a decent quarterback. So uh, there's going to be some other teams that have chances to the playoffs. But um, I think really, in my opinion, it's 
Rams probably winning the division and then the Cardinals or the 49ers challenging them for that. But like you said, it's one or the other. It wouldn't be both. It's not going to be all three again. No, that was a, that was one year. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs, not happening again. Nope. (laughs) A lot of laughs. It's over. It was a lot of laughs. All right. That's the NFC West guys. That, that division was a lot more fun to talk about last off season. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, this season, it's a little, a little sadder, but all right. So we got two divisions left to go NFC South and the NFC North. Uh, cannot wait to get to the North so we can talk about Joe's bears. Um, I think baby, I think next week might be the South though. So tune in next week, NFC South, uh, go follow the YouTube. We are dropping clips of this very podcast you've been watching are listening to uh, on YouTube weekly. So you'll be able to check out each team's individual preview. So if you forget anything we said, or you just want to laugh at what Josh looks like, who knows? Maybe that's, that's what you want to do. I'm going to have props on my shelf every week. It's yep. up the first two Joe's weeks. Joe's got a big fuck sign in the back. I think I can't yep. really read that, but um, it says hush. I, I finally have the jerseys of all four teams in the this division for the fuck. first time. Um, so <laughs> if you want to see what that looks like, Sometimes just seeing our facial expressions while we're yelling at each other is pretty great. Yeah, you can see me, you know, trying to talk to my dog off camera. Um, Joe, I love Uh, that sign with that signage. Yeah, Uh, every time I see Josh open his mouth, I just that's what goes through my head. (laughs) And that's why we're offensive points. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) All right, but anyway, follow the YouTube at the IDP Army. Um, Just subscribe, please. Please tell your friends to subscribe to it too. We love that support. Download this podcast, rate and review wherever you can. We love those rates. We love those reviews. They're really good to, to see. Uh, Joe, get us out of here. Guys, thank you for riding with us at the midnight hour. Good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.